and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. Welcome back, everybody. It's uh, part two of our Warrior Nun coverage, and it's the gay. You've mm-hmm. all waited for it. You got through the other episode, and now we really the best like part to is make here. people wait. We do. We but never say the gay stuff. For the good stuff. There was gay stuff in there. there in we the talked other. about gay stuff. There was plenty we did. of gay stuff. Listen, I don't remember now, what happened. Oh, dear. Oh now God. we're going to cover all the actual gay that yes. we have in the outline. So, all of first, it. let's start with Mary and Sister Shannon, who were totally Ooh. doing it. Uh, yeah. Again, the photo on Shannon's desk. Come on. Definitely now. romantic feels there. Oh, yeah. That had like my high school girlfriend vibes, that photo. You know what I'm saying? They're like in a field. They're the only things in the frame. The hug. Like, come on now. Like, t- tell get- me you haven't done that before. Like, that photo. I get why they couldn't say it explicitly, but I just wish they would. Me too. That's what. That's the only thing that really bothers me. Now with the knowledge that like Shannon is canonically gay in the comics, it irks me that they did it. But I'm hoping it's because they're they're like we're gonna give you a bi character instead, who's the main, who's actually gonna be in the show. Because like Shannon is the main in the comics, and then that got a little different. But anyway, um, yeah, it's kind of annoying because like anytime Mary talks to anybody, they're like, yeah, I get that you guys were super close, but it's nice. Like, it, it gives like romantic friends in like the medieval times the way they talk about it like explicitly. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's all right there. Her reaction, her reaction to Shannon dying, is not a friendship reaction. The way it like destroys her and she becomes consumed with it. Like, I don't care how good of a friend you are. That's not the reaction. <laughs> that's not the reaction. It's. Like back in the uh, 1800s when women were having romantic friendships. Right, exactly. And we're, that's how we're talking about it. Oh, they're just super close. No, honey, they were in love. So. Yeah, they were, they were, and, they, and like, I would have, I, I would love to have seen more of that just because they're both awesome characters and they seem like they have a good actual relationship with each other from the, even from the tiny glimpses that we get, like it would have been cool. Like they would have been a great little power. They have me power couple vibes, you know? Yeah. Listen. So in the comic shotgun, Mary is a lesbian, like, and so is she, like they're together in the comics. So it's canon in the comics. And (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately, in the comics, Mary does die an untimely death. So, no. Oh, Um, Mary. That doesn't give you a lot of hope for the end of season one. Uh, It sure doesn't now. Thanks, (laughs) Brie. No, thank the comics. I just realized what you said. No, she can't die because that's. An explicit bury your gaze. I mean, is it explicit if like they're being wishy washy in the show? I said unexplicit. Oh, okay. I heard explicit. Sorry. 
I don't. I forget what the 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 opposite of explicit was. Implicit. I think so. Yeah, Ooh. implicit. Implicit. Yeah. Because explode, implode. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not as cultured. That's not. <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything. No. That is the, like not remembering what? words doesn't have anything to do with I being know. cultured. Shush. <laughs> um. But yeah, you but are correct. Yeah, I didn't want to ruin, I didn't want to like rain on the parade, but I felt like I should at least say it that she does die in the comics. Yeah, She's I not going to die. I hope not. But it's a show mm. called with Warriors. It's people would die in this scenario. So <gasps> at least we're mentally prepared. I and found my phone. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you were like really excited about the possibility. I know. I was about to tell you to leave the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You can stay now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. In, I an, got... <laughs> in an implicit way. <laughs> Very You're welcome. welcome. All right. So, anything else to say about Mary and Sister Shannon? There wasn't a lot of it. It's sad that there wasn't. I wish we had more, as we've said. I before. think we should get, if they can do a crap ton of voiceovers, they can do a crap ton of flashbacks this season and make them really gay. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. Or if they go to the other plane or whatever and Shannon's there, I would like to see that. That's all I'm saying. I know, just bring Shannon back. Cause I know. <laughs> I just want Shannon back. Like, <laughs> and I wouldn't know her. I know. This is Here's a wish list. Question. If they took the the halo out of Shannon couldn't they they couldn't put it back in wonder if her hey, body no that was alright I have a note in here that I wasn't going to bring up because I think it was answered later but then I wasn't totally sure so I'm going to get it oh man it that says if thinking. the halo heals you why did Shannon die shouldn't they have been able to take the divinium out and have her heal it's like I the think, kryptonite, right? Well, with Shannon's situation, so when she first comes in and, like, Mary's freaking out, and because gay stuff, and they're, like, looking at her, they're trying to figure out, oh, can we, can we get, they ask that, can we get it out? Like, shrapnel. But it's it's so embedded so deeply, they're like, I can't, the, whoever the medic is, is like, I can't remove it without, ki- like, killing her in the process. So, like, it's just gonna kill her. And I but think that it, it has to- the, the thing the, brings you back! Well, the- it, the exception is the divinium can harm the, the halo. It's because I think it's because they're of the same plane or whatever. So like mm-hmm. it's they can fight each other, but stuff on like our plane can't, it doesn't work against it, which is why regular weapons don't work against Ava. But like the divinium does. That that was the whole scene with Lilith where she's sparring her for the first time. And she's like, "Hey, you're not immortal. This shit right here, this divinium, that can actually harm you. So you need to learn what you're doing." Because all like the batons and stuff, she's just like, I can phase out of this, but you can't escape the divinium because it's like those are equal like weapons or I don't even know elements, I guess. So that's the only thing that can kill the warrior done is the divinium from that plane, the halos realm, basically. I just wondered if they took the divinium out of her dead body, if they could bring her back. (laughs) No, that is that is a that's a good question. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like with 
Maybe they tried oh. that with Ariella. Aria. Why can't Ar- I remember her Thank you. I cannot remember her name. I'm so sorry, First Warrior None. Just but yeah, think I want- about Areolas and then you get there. God. This is the gay section of the podcast. Okay, so that makes sense. Implicit. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> But I wonder if that was tried with her the first time and they're like, hey, no, don't die. This worked once. And then it just didn't. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe. some rule in it. The halo can't because there's not enough energy in that host. If there's the divinium, maybe. I yeah, don't know. She may be dead. She may be like too far dead. Right. I don't know how dead Ava was or how many, how long she'd been dead at that point, but it wasn't that or, long. Or maybe it's because like otherwise physically her body was fine enough that the halo could regenerate Ava maybe. versus like, God, I was going to say Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> Yes! My evil plan has worked. (laughs) Uh, But I wonder if like their bodies were too far gone that with the divinium that the halo can't regenerate the bodies that have been damaged by that, that it it wouldn't work. But with Eva, she died with, I don't know, some kind of medicine that killed her. So it's different. Like the halo can work against that because it's not divinium. Maybe. Yeah. Also, I think it could probably... I mean, even if you take it out, there's probably still traces. Right, exactly. Right. And so maybe that like that's too much for the halo powers. I don't know. None of that was gay. We're just we're just curious. (laughs) Well, here's the deal. We need to know in the era of barrier gays, can we save our gays? It's a valid question. (laughs) Exactly. Can we put Ava and Beatrice Beatrice and Mary? Um, all right. So yeah. One last thing about them. I do love, mm-hmm. even though we don't get a lot of Shannon and, and Mary, I do love that they're basically the through line throughout the story. Because, like, that's, like, a big motivation for Mary that leads to a lot of, like, plot stuff. And we do get, like, visions of Shannon through Ava. So, like, even though she's, like, the, we lose her in the beginning, I do like that their relationship actually does move the story along a lot because of, like, Mary's dedication to her and, like, avenging her and believing that, hey, she wasn't crazy that really was a big plot point, even though like we didn't get them physically together. Like their love lives on basically is what I'm saying, which I appreciated. Yeah. Same. Yeah. That was nice. (sighs) Yeah. So Beatrice. Oh, Oh, Beatrice. Beatrice, our, our gay lady. Our actual gay. Well, well, Mary's actual gay, but and Ava is definitely bisexual. <laughs> there, okay, like definitely, guys, explicitly. No, no, no. Like Ava explicitly, because there's a there's a scene where she's like she first runs away and she's walking and walking in that like bazaar that's happening outside and she's having Ava horny thoughts and she's basically like I could get some with looks at woman then looks at man. She is bisexual in the show. Like that is canon. Oh, okay, yeah. So. There you have it. There you have it. But Beatrice. Fair enough. Has a coming out moment, kind of. Has a coming out moment that is beautiful. Yes. And it's, she tells, she does it through the story of a former warrior nun. And the person that kind of, I think Camilla ships Beatrice. 100%. And she was, when she has that little smile and hands the book to Beatrice and says, I think I found something that can help, that'll help. Can we pause and talk about that scene too? Because I think that scene sets up the next scene 
beautifully and they do it through the camera work. So I just want to talk about that scene really, really quickly. So the scene that precedes the story with Beatrice and Ava alone together is essentially like Lilith's back and Ava's freaking out and Ava's in the hallway with Beatrice and they're standing on opposite sides of this hallway. And at first this is a very, very wide shot with the camera. And then Beatrice is essentially like probing Ava to be like, hey, why won't you go see her? Because you're the only one that hasn't seen her yet. And she's like literally calling your name out. Why won't you go in there? And Ava starts like giving excuses and like beating around the bush with why she's afraid, basically. And as this is happening, the camera is slowly zooming in on the two of them. So it's like reducing the like free space around them until it's like kind of just the two of them. So it's. And Ava, as she's talking, is, like, getting closer and closer to the truth with Beatrice. So it's a way to show that, like, they're, like, emotionally getting closer into a more vulnerable place with each other as the camera's, like, zooming. And then Camilla comes in through the door and gives the story. And she's like, I think I have something that will help. So it's this, like, cool, like, way to show that, like, the two of them are actually getting to a vulnerable place with each other by, like, the camera just zooming in on the two of them. And then that leads to the next scene, which is a completely vulnerable moment with the two of them. So I love that preceding scene. And Camilla the Shipper facilitates all of that. Yes, it creates intimacy. And yes. An idea of what's about to happen. Exactly. So I, I do love that. The camera work in the show is really, really good. Yes. And I particularly love that one because it really does show you what's happening by just simple camera work. And I love it. Yes. So Camilla has bookmarked if you will a the story of a former warrior nun named sister melanie who escaped from the dachau camp concentration camp back in world war ii so we're back to dealing with nazis aren't we always (laughs) (laughs) Uh, ava as she starts reading the story i love the way Beatrice is just it's almost like a a quiet uh, melancholy seriousness but so soft in a way I don't know how to describe it other than that but Ava on the other hand is being Ava and (laughs) she doesn't know how to deal with things like emotions through anything other than cracking the occasional bad joke or adding a comment that's supposed to be humorous. That's her armor. That's her armor, but you can see it steadily just like getting on Beatrice's nerves this time. Like usually she finds it charming, but this is like a super serious moment for her. So she's reading about sister Melanie who has walked. She's, she's, so she's, gotten out of the camp she's taken up the mantle of the warrior nun and she's walking through i guess the town in france and she sees all of these nazi soldiers carousing in a french pub she goes inside doesn't even know why she's doing it and then one of the nazi soldiers asks her to dance a lieutenant and she says like no and then he's like oh come on and basically grabs her wrist and sees the number that she received when she went into the concentration camp. And then he says, Yodin to like, Oh, Jew. 
And she's like, no. Lesbish. Can I just point out that Ava repeating the word lesbish like she did actually did crack me up. It was it was like oh, it was something I would do in that moment. And I'm like, God, Ava, we're stupid. Well, the way she says it too, she's like, so that's lesbish. the word. Sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like lesbish. Okay, like, can I can I comment on her commentary before that too? Because yes. the one that makes Beatrice pause and like gets through to her because like throughout the whole story Beatrice is obviously like putting her bias onto the story and she's like wow I relate with this but the one that gets through to her is <laughs> Ava being like yeah she killed those not like she says something about like yeah. Nazis are dicks or something and like yeah <laughs> um and then I love when Beatrice gets like more into the story before she gets to that part you just read where uh she's like it was like wait a minute are you reading french right now like she's yeah, just like no. casually translating this book and she's like god damn it like what can't you do for me as soon as as soon as ava said that it felt like she was like damn that's hot yes that was that's the one that i got totally she's like, oh, that's the like, yeah um because ava assumes that the warrior nun melanie was jewish but of course, she was persecuted yeah. for being gay. So that's when she says, "Damn, Nazis are dicks." Yeah. When she finds out that, because that's it's, there wasn't it wasn't just Jews. The majority of the people in the concentration camps were Jews, but anyone who was different, um, the Romani, uh, the LGBTQ population. Yep. Everybody. Everybody that come wasn't. For one, they come for us all. That's what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> but I love that particular part too when Beatrice smiles. Because I think she's kind of like, again, like Beatrice puts herself in Sister Melanie's shoes, obviously, in the story. And she seemed to already know the story, kind of, because when Ava said that, like they didn't get to the second page of the book. So she's like, hey, that that's not, she was gay. Like that's what, she, pay attention. But when Ava's like, oh, fuck those guys. I think Beatrice is like, oh, like, like you're on my side. It's kind of mm -hmm. how she took that. Whereas, like, you know, some people like the Nazis, the most extreme version of just like hatred towards somebody like Beatrice. To have Ava say that is really like it's like validation, like supportive, like oh, you like you'd support me, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's it's cute. I think that's why she smiles, and the rest of it, she's like, shut the fuck up, yeah. I need to get through this story. <laughs> the way Beatrice says lesbish, though. Yeah, she Teddy. has a definite pause and and she breathes through saying the word and it gives it a lot more weight. So kudos mm -hmm. to Christina for that delivery. And I really like the way that she acted this scene, both of them, though. It was really good. But that really got me because she does pause and then breathe through that word and it gives it a lot of weight. Just to like, so it hits you. And then we have, you know, Ava repeating the word like a 13 year old boy or something. Yeah. Lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I feel like Beatrice is having, is trying to process all of her feelings from the story and being like, this is such a heavy moment for her that she's like, Ava, like, pay attention to what's I'm trying to tell you something like yeah. I'm we're trying we're trying to get to the point of this 
there's I think there's a point in this for both of them. And yes. so she gives a nice monologue. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to read it out because it's, it's a really good monologue. And, and also I'm going to read Ava's response because that was also, I think it was a really perfect response. Ava finally got that this was serious and was like, okay, I'm, I'm focused on you now. And her monologue goes, my whole life, people have tried to make me into something I'm not to make me normal or at least acceptable. I became skilled at so many things just so I would have value despite my flaws or what I had been taught was a flaw. Of course, I tried to fit in, but when you're punished just for being different, you begin to hate what you are, what you love. And that's when she looks at Ava. What should make you happy only brings you pain. Pain is what made me a sister warrior. And, you know, like in like at the bottom of the the end of the day here, she's just trying to get Ava to realize that to to do what she's trying to do, to phase through this super thick wall, she's going to have to use her pain, face it and just push through it and that's what will make the halo kind of super powered but also at the same time she's coming out to Ava which is like a huge thing for her because you can tell Beatrice doesn't talk about this it isn't something that she visits with other people I imagine she thinks about it you know all the time but but Ava's response was I I loved it it was the way it was delivered and the lines themselves. Cause she says, don't hate what you are. What you are is beautiful. I'm sorry for your pain. So I love that. She says, I'm sorry for your pain because I don't know. There's just something about when, when some, it always feels so inadequate when you say, or like you're taking part of the responsibility for someone's pain. But the way she says it is like, I'm sorry that you went through that. And I appreciate the writing and the acting in this scene. Yoy. Yeah. So to kind of go on that, uh, just to go, I want to talk about, yeah, I'll comment on that scene or that piece. And then I want to go back to like the sister Melanie story a little bit. But uh, when Beatrice says like, the part about collecting skills to have value that is so fucking relatable like i do that like i get this part of her when it's like you feel like you don't fit in and you're different you just collect skills so people will just look at the skill and be like okay you're a valuable part of this team or whatever and and that is the impression you do get from Beatrice when you know nothing about her. Like you see that she's a skilled warrior. She speaks multiple languages. She's a strategist. Like she is super valuable to this organization because of all of her skills. And because of that, you don't see who Beatrice is because you just see the skills. And so that's a way that she, by Caitlin. Caitlin's going to get some skills. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Caitlin has skills. Um, but basically she uses that as a way to hide because she's been 
in, taught that she is different and should hide and conform to being normal or fitting into the hetero boxes or whatever happened. Because remember, Beatrice comes from parents that are diplomats, so public figures in the you know, that have, that are conservative. And so they can't have a queer daughter. You cannot be that. You need to fit our narrative for our image in the public eye kind of thing. And so because she can't really, she cannot fit into that box because she is not a straight person. She hides behind her skills. She hides behind the fact that she's super smart. She went to like one of the best boarding schools in the world and aced everything. And took all these martial arts stuff and now is in this like prestigious nun nunnery group or whatever. So like she's hiding behind her accomplishments because she cannot conform at the end of the day. And so I think part of Beatrice hates herself for that, which goes back to sister Melanie's thing. So when she's talking about that story, sister Melanie is saying like when she ultimately she gets into an altercation with the Nazis and starts killing them. And when it was over, she, she, says her mother superior and told her like you know she was right because each this ultimately was pointless because what i was doing is what they were doing to me like each slice of my sword was an act of hate um the hatred they had for me like to be afraid of myself i was basically putting back on them so like it, it's kind of like um not only do you hate yourself like you're taught to hate other people which is the root of all of this is just hating people instead of empathizing and letting them be which is what nazis are at the end of the day and so sister melanie saw that like because they were poisoned to hate me i was poisoned to hate me and hate them back by extension and so like we're just poisoning each other and like that is not good and when sister melanie realizes this that's when she gets past the hatred and gets to like a that piece of that um zen place that lets her harness the halo which is the whole real point of the story but and and the thing that Sister Melanie says is that I felt unbound, unburdened, finally myself. So when she finally processed all of those toxic emotions that were imposed onto her, she was free, right? Um, and that's kind of like what Beatrice is basically saying. I don't think Beatrice is there yet in her journey. Like she's still in that I was taught to hate myself. And because people hated who I was and were forcing me into a box that I couldn't fit in. I feel like that must have frustrated the hell out of Beatrice because she's so good at everything, but this is the one thing she cannot do. And so because of that, I think she hated herself that I, why can't I just be this? My life would be so easy. Like my parents would love me, like all this stuff. Like if I could just fit in this box, but I can't. And so I think she's definitely dealing with a lot of internalized homophobia for herself mm -hmm. that she's not past. And so this story I think is a, something for Beatrice to think about. Like I need to get past my internalized hatred of me, but I'm not there yet. And so to have Ava, who's like been kind to her this whole, I mean, Ava is Ava, but she's actually being supportive in this moment to say, you know, Hey, like you're, you're beautiful. Like you're not weird. You're not wrong. Like you, you're you. And that's beautiful. Just being you must've meant everything. Cause and I imagine no one has ever told her that ever because all the people in her life are like fit into the box. And then she gets into the, the cloister and they're like, we don't talk about that here. We're, the, we're here to do the mission. So she gets skills to do the mission. So this is likely the first time she's ever talked to anybody ever like out loud about this. And to have that person essentially just support her immediately and be like, I'm sorry for all this pain, like you said, that you're dealing with. But like being you is beautiful. Like 
instead of saying you need to be something else, Ava's basically saying, just be you. Like, that's good. That's enough. Like, that's very validating to somebody who's been hiding, like purposely hiding themselves. Like even um, the not hot priest says it about Beatrice. Like she's really guarded. Like he basically says it like she hides, she hides herself and she does. And it's self-preservation because she's been taught to hate who she is. So she just hides herself and probably hates herself for having to do that. And so I think Beatrice is going to be on a journey to accept herself. And like, this was like a big first step and it's a very beautiful scene, very vulnerable. And I love the way they kind of like tell it through the sister Melanie story. And it's very sad that like, you know, when it comes to like being a war, like not a warrior, not, but being in this like group, when she says like pain is what made me a sister war. Like, that's so sad. It's not like this big belief in the mission. It's like, like, it's like, she's like, I was in pain and like, my pain was lessened by just submerging myself in the mission and like essentially detaching what I want and need. And just, I'm doing this for the mission, not me. Like she, she, like it, when you look at Beatrice, she's pretty, she's the opposite of Ava in a sense, cause she's selfless because she is just like, I am the mission. I am not me because be me. I hate me. I'm just, I am the mission. Like not me. Whereas Ava's like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm for me first. And I'll figure out the mission later. So they're kind of opposites in that aspect. But the reason why Beatrice is doing that is because like they're both doing it because of past drama and pain. And so it's sad that like you're getting these opposite behaviors because of pain. Like ultimately pain made them all sister warriors, really, if you look at all of them. And so it's it's very tragic for for Beatrice, but it's a very it's one of those like a good bonding moments. And we don't see a lot of those with Beatrice really from this like very personal place so it's a very significant scene and and i i it's really sad and and you see that ava cares even before you get to that point because when beatrice starts getting upset after because she resonates with the story immediately and starts getting upset when ava is trying to like make light of that whole story and she's like why you're sad because like she was killing nazis like why are you sad and Beatrice like blows up at her and Ava's like she looks like a scared little kid when she's like oh why are you mad at me like she's like is clearly is very concerned she's like why are you mad at me like you're the one person that like was nice to me and I was bonding with and like why are you mad at me like it clearly bothers her that Beatrice is mad at her and it's it was big of Beatrice to just say I'm sorry this is my trauma not you and that speaks a lot about who Beatrice is too like she's not gonna like blow up and blame people and stuff she takes ownership immediately of like her own emotions which is really really huge and it shows a lot of maturity and the fact that like she's not like hiding from emotions necessarily she's just she's isolated with them which is really really sad makes me love her more it makes me love her more she's she is a really cool character i really enjoy beatrice a lot I know a lot of people were uh, upset about the not explicitly stating in the show itself, not having her say I'm gay or having, you know, Shotgun Mary say that she's gay at some point or having it just be, hey, they're, they're Catholic nuns. I know. <laughs> nice. Also, like, to be fair, we literally just did a whole series about coming out and how there's different ways to do that. And a lot of the time, again, for Beatrice, this is probably the first time she's telling somebody, you 
it's really hard to say I'm gay after you've spent years, maybe a decade, having internalized homophobia. Like it's hard to say those words out loud and label it. It's it's easier to say it in a I'm leading you to the conclusion way, which is like she, hey, we're talking about a lesbian. Um, I'm persecuted because of love. And Ava's like, got it. Got it. Like sometimes it's it's very hard to say those words out loud, especially like, yeah, when you've been trained that that's bad and you've spent so much time hating yourself because of it. It's hard to say those words. Like I don't want to shoehorn gay storylines into a place where they have to say, I'm gay. Right. And there are different stories for different characters and everyone in the, it makes so much sense for everyone in this story not to talk about the gayness because right. of the where they are, who they are, and their backstories. So I don't agree with a lot of people's assessment that they've missed. They've like missed the mark on having gay representation. I just think they're telling the story in a way that makes sense to the material that they're right. sort like. You don't have Catholic nuns running around talking about how gay they are. Right. Sister, sister, Melanie in my room. No. <laughs> think, about, not- think about Sister Melanie's story. So where is yeah. the story coming from? It's coming from that diary book that only the fucking nor- warrior nuns were reading because it was in the room only they could get to. So like even her story was like cloistered off. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree with you. Based on the material, that makes perfect sense. And so, and to be fair, like, not everybody has the coming out where they're like, I'm gay. Like, they say mm-hmm. it. Like, actions. There are actions after this that are pretty clear of what's mm-hmm. happening here. And, like, again, the camera work that's showing you that these two are, like, having an emotional moment. Like, it's just, it's all there. They don't need to say it. You know? Like, it's right. It's right. It's right there. Yeah, you don't. It, it's, it's, this, it's better this way. Like Beatrice is showing you by having such an emotional reaction to this particular story. It's, it's the implicit, right? <laughs> it's implicit. It's implicit. Sometimes it's the difference between showing and telling. Like you yeah. need, you don't need the exposition. Oh, I, I mean, expo- exposition is ni- nice, but like it, again, yeah, there are many ways to come out. Not everybody's comfortable with labeling themselves. But it is it is all in that story by having this particular story and Beatrice relate to the story and then say that out loud to another person. And she has a line later on, too, where she talks about not being normal and um, what was it? I, I think it was, was part she, of that monologue, the beginning of the monologue. Um, no, she's like she's. Yeah, she's like saying that she's different and that she tried to be normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically that in the yeah. thing. Um and then, you know, later on she she tells Ava how she ended up in the OCS about her parents and, and all that good stuff. And then Ava's like, Well, I feel like there's more to it than you're telling. And Beatrice says there's always more. Yes. Oh yeah, we forgot to talk about that that little scene yeah exactly because i mean that was early on when ava first comes to the ocs 
And that's the first time Ava opens up to anybody. It's Beatrice, who's disarming because she's just like, I'm the wallflower that's just been watching and I'm not here to judge you. But, you know, you are being selfish. Like, that's just what it is. Um, and Ava kind of tells her little truth. And like you said, Beatrice, like, hints at it. But she's like, I'm not ready to talk about this. Like, that that's the thing. Like, Beatrice is on a journey. She's not there yet. So I feel like when we get to season two, you're still going to have Beatrice with internalized homophobia. But now she has an ally that's going to help her, like, process that shit. Because she has not processed it. She's just been hiding and shoving all of that down. And just living with this pain. So to even like relate to that, that's why I think like her first reaction after reading the story is anger that she put, she projects onto Ava immediately. Cause she's like, wow, you're dense and you just missed the whole point. Like this is so like disheartening sometimes just be around you. And that's when Ava's like, what, why are you mad at me? Like I'm upset. I'm really upset. Why are you mad at me? And that's when Ava's like, or Beatrice is like, no, it's, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at me, basically. Because, like, that's what she's been bottling up. And, like, you know, you can only bottle that shit up so much before it has to come out. And this is, Beatrice is in an environment and with a person that she can let that out for presumably the very first time. And the first time you deal with this, like, it's all a learning curve. She's not going to, like, get it, have all the answers immediately. She's just like, I know I'm different. Like, I love who I'm not supposed to. And just, like here I am kind of thing. So maybe she'll be able to say it season two. Who knows? But like, she's on a journey. This is the beginning of the journey. Give her her some slack. Yeah. You know? And Simon Barry has stated in interviews and whatnot that it'd be awesome to continue down that road and dig deeper. Um, And I think we have to honor the characters in that way by being honest about who they are, but why they are the way they are. And we would certainly be missing an amazing opportunity for character building and storytelling if we didn't see more of that. Yeah. So. We're on a journey, everyone. There you go. Yeah, we're on a journey. So he's kind of, he's kind of said in, in other things too, that he hasn't, because people ask about Ava and Beatrice and he's kind of like skirted around it by saying, you know, there's definitely something there, but, you know, basically not committing to whatever. Committing to it, if you will. I'll try to dig up that quote. But anyway, Caitlin, you got any thoughts? You're making faces, Caitlin. No, you kept saying on a journey and my head finished it to world domination. (laughs) That's, That's the only reason why I was laughing. I'm good. They're gay. You're that's like, it. they're gay. That's it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about their other gay scene when we get to the wall. Yeah. Oh, my God. The wall phasing. We get to the wall Holy phasing. Holy shit. We get to the wall phasing. If, if they didn't. I need to watch these things again before we talk about them. I've only seen the scene. Can we do the pause so you could just watch the scene real quick? Yeah, Caitlin, so you can let's yeah, talk about. Let's it. pause. Let's pause. Let's all watch it. I will find it, it for you it right now. Okay, so no, the first thing now that we pause for me to watch it again because you know if you see things once, it's just you don't remember anything. Uh, the way she wipes her tears is just oh, like I the know. most elegant way. <laughs> okay, 
Like, but also, yeah, when Beatrice is like, okay, now we're going to deal with your trauma. I know. I was going to mention it, but I was like, it's probably a weird thing to say. <laughs> but also, I'm like, is that an elegant thing? Or is like the, the uh, is makeup like, don't fucking touch your face. Just do this. <laughs> You'll never know. Uh, we can ask. We will. I guess we, we can, can ask. ask. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ask Christina. Oh, yeah. Is that, what was the choice here? I just want to know. <laughs> Was it a choice or were you like, they directed you like, don't It was like, do, also don't block your face. What was, the, <laughs> what was the choice when wiping tears? <laughs> She's going to be like, what the fuck? She's going to ask you like that. No, I, I don't, I, we don't I have am, the time for me to write I, out the whole question. I know. Oh, I these, are, these are the questions that we ask that no one else does. <laughs> And the way we ask them, you guys try to uh, rewrite the way I ask questions, and then, but if I get that question, I ask it how I want to ask it anyway, so it never works out. Okay. All right. Now we're at the wall scene. Yes, the phase trials. And she is literally just, okay, I do, I now understand. Oh my god, like she's literally feeling her up. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's let's talk about the scene. So in oh, the that's literally it. Wait, that's no, it. That's it. <laughs> okay, but listen, before we get to the pretty gay stuff, this is Ava's trial, right? So the the scene before this is basically Beatrice getting past her hatred to be super vulnerable about herself, getting to the element, the core, is what Beatrice says in the story. And being super vulnerable. So now it's Ava's turn. So when she's phasing through the wall, she's basically her big thing is she has a mental block and she can't really get through the wall, which is a physical block. And she starts like slowing down. She's like, I'm tired. Like the 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 halo's draining. And Beatrice is like, No, girl, it's not. I've got your battery. Like, you're fine. <laughs> like, this is a mental thing. Get through it. What is bothering you? And she does the thing she was doing in the hallway where she makes excuses until Beatrice is like, No, it's okay. Like, what are you really afraid of? And and at the core of it, Ava's afraid of being alone is really what it is. And Beatrice tells her, she's like, you're no matter what happens, whether you're quadriplegic again, head in a bag, <laughs> all of her descriptions, <laughs> like you have us now, like you have us, we will never leave you. And Ava's like, do you promise? And Beatrice is very like, you know that I mean it. Like, it's very cute. And that's what it's gets Ava like through the wall. conversations between us, actually. I'm like, you promise you won't leave me? Yeah, but, like, that's the one person she believes who says that. Is like, you believe me, right? Like, I'm not going to leave you. And that's the thing that gets her through. And then she gets through the wall. And then what happens? Beatrice is there to actually catch her. Oh, isn't that cute? And then caress her. And caresses her face multiple times. <laughs> like, it's not just it's once. While they stare into each other's eyes. And breathing heavily. The, the better question is, what's with the caressing? What do you mean, it's what's with the caressing? It's a gay thing. It's a gay thing. Because, because if, just like the, cause she's, like, doing oh. this with her face, too. No, that's so a gay thing. Like, okay. There's always face touching when it's uh, a female couple. Always. Because if this was a straight couple, they'd be having sex in the room because that's how that works. But with <laughs> gay couples, there has to be all this, like, there has to be intimacy and touching and stuff. Because is that not what happened with Ava and that dude? Yeah. That's the double standard we unfortunately are still dealing with. I get the frustration there. Yeah, the, unfortunately, I remember that scene because it's earlier in the series. 
<laughs> but if you see the way they break eye contact, you can see it's like uh, the Ava's mm-hmm. not ready to process what just happened. Uh, neither is Beatrice, who like no. coughs and it's like, okay, yeah. mission, mission stuff, okay. mission stuff, so. mission stuff. She's like, you want to try again? Because like you need to do this for real in like three days or whatever. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, Ava's past her so fear at that point. She's like, yeah, let's do it. If you watch the whole scene or the whole like set of scenes where she's coaching her, yeah, th- it's so gay, it's all of it. Not just the face caressing and all that stuff. It's yeah. everything they say to one another. The whole thing is gay. I'm sorry. It's metaphorically yeah. Beatrice getting past Ava's emotional armor because Ava got past Beatrice's emotional armor. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it actually is a very intimate thing, but they're depicting it with breaking through a wall. Like, So it's, it's the biggest metaphor to ever metaphor in your face. Correct. And then there's caressing to be like, this is gay. <laughs> yeah. Just to top it off. It's like whipped Just cream. To top- to top it off. Sorry. There were no cherries because we can't have that with the gays. <laughs> no. We also don't know who the top is yet. Yeah. TBD. We'll see. <laughs> Definitely think it's uh, Beatrice. I do too. <laughs> I think A- Never mind. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> this is the gay section. That's that's fan fiction. That's yeah, fan know. fiction in my head. Well, we're about to like, start writing fan fiction when we get into yeah. season two stuff. Which Thanks. anything Absolutely. else on season one before we move on to season two stuff? Um. <laughs> I'm gonna send I'm you sorry. all the gay scenes, Caitlin. <laughs> I continued watching it. And Did it's you? just her doing this. Everyone's just (laughs) staring at her. (laughs) And I just thought it was funny. It is funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. I also love... Oh, go, go, go. Sorry. I mean, this is not the gay stuff, but just just the, like, being thrown in the religion aspect of, like, fidgeting. Like, you know how, like, I don't know if you guys were dragged to church when you're younger. Of course. And you're, like, fidgeting in the pew, and they're like, stop moving! I... I... I was too scared to do that. I, <laughs> oh god, I really got really good at zoning out. Church scared TV me because head. people were taught were speaking in tongues. Okay, that is scary. Uh, I did not have that experience. Well, that's I did didn't go to the. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, I did have funerals where it was like a whole church service, and one time. I set off a little dog that sang and it said, and they call it puppy love. And then the first one I went to, I was like two and six and younger. I, my brother took me into the bathroom and I just kept flushing all the stalls so you could hear it in the middle of the entire service. That's my nice. the most ADHD kid I ever. Know, <laughs> um, yeah. I still um, am not diagnosed with it. I have one last Ava Beatrice thing from season one. Bring it back around. Bring it back around. When they're in the necropolis, mm-hmm. and there's first of all, there is a scene. But before we get to that scene, I want to shout out the directing because when they, when Beatrice essentially like blows up, I don't know some area that basically lets them get down into the necropolis to the next level. 
after that explosion, the shot is super cool when they're like descending into the necropolis. It's like pitch black, except for like the light coming through the hole. And there's just like dust and the way they like, they don't say anything. They just like come down and like get ready. And it's awesome scene. So good job, camera work. I love that. But after that, they actually get to like the wall that they've been looking for where the the Adriel's tomb is going to be where Ava has to phase through. And they have their little pun exchange, which is very cute. And I love that. So it's like, yeah, is that our thing now? It's very cute because that's that is an Ava thing. And again, it's like Beatrice is like, I've been watching you paying attention. I know you like this. This is a big scary moment. Let me play into your like thing that will calm you down by speaking your language. It's very cute. It's just like a I notice you kind of thing. And it's very sweet yep. and cute. Because you know she'd been watching. Okay, she, so observes. director of that episode was Simon Barry, who also Great wrote job, the Simon. episode. Nice. Was it the pilot? It no, wasn't the pilot, it was, was it? That's the finale. The, the finale about yeah either one it would have been him um usually the never mind christopher levasseur was the cinematographer that's awesome i kept watching the thing that brie gave me Mm -hmm. and beatrice like pulls ava up off the ground they just stare at each other. And then, like, Ava looks like she's really into Beatrice. And then Beatrice just goes, all right, let's go. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but, like, we're, we're in the middle of a battle right now. Yeah, like, Beatrice we can't have, all about mission. We can't have <laughs> this gay energy going on. All right, she's like, good job, buddy. <laughs> yeah, she's like, okay. It's go. like the equivalent of smacking her on the butt. And <laughs> sending her into battle. The, the nun version. Yeah. I almost said nurse version. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. The way she smacked her arm, though, I was like, wow, it's like watching two people on the football field just psh, get in there. Yeah, it was like very yeah. abrupt for the entire scene because everything else yeah. was like so drawn out. Was she's like, right. Yeah, was that in the same direction or was it <laughs> just. <laughs> This interview is getting longer and longer the more we talk about it. <laughs> Listen, it's it's all good. Um, was it? Did, okay, did you have to slap Ava? <laughs> what you guys question? are going to have to translate this for me later. Okay. Um, so, season two, we've seen bits and pieces from the trailer of these two. First of all, Beatrice is out of the, out of her habit and in sweats. Yes! All, all the scenes we see of her are either in sweats or she's got that sweatshirt off and whatever shirt she... I think it's like a button-down... It's a button-down. Um, it's a button-down... What Help me. Not a flannel. You know the pattern? Uh, I don't know what it's called. Sorry, but it, it's on, like a short-sleeve kind of like... Casual I get it. Down. I got this. What is it? Hold on. No, I mean, I know. Plaid. Oh, shit. That's what I'm trying to say. Plaid. I'm pretty sure is it's it like a. Isn't flannel and plaid the same thing? We're like no, doing some... plaid is a pattern and then flannel is the material. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> revoke your gay card. <laughs> I don't know anything. The flannel test. <laughs> We've already. 
said this. I know nothing. We're learning. That's what the podcast is educational. Yeah. I know nothing about being gay. Apparently. Except women are pretty. <laughs> That's all you gotta know, oh, really. Guys, but the we forgot this scene where <sighs> Ava starts crying on Beatrice and she almost hesitates to like hold her tighter. Oh yeah. And she does it. Oh. oh wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. There was a there was a cute little thing here in this video. And they talk to each other in that hallway. Cause yeah. I mean, for Beatrice, this is a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh she doesn't know how to be affectionate. Like because she spent so much time distancing herself from people emotionally. Mm-hmm. So to have so Ava's touchy feely. So to have Ava do that, she's like her reaction is like, I don't know what to do in this situation. Oh yeah, I think my notes are like, it's like from 30 Rock. Like, they're there, don't be cry. Like she doesn't know what to do with this. Oh, God. Is that in the very beginning? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when they're at that party. Okay. Um I, I'm paused on her crying, but I'm I wanna just bring up one last thing from another scene that is also not gay, but I was not coherent enough or watched this video yesterday. Um when she's fidgeting with the outside the thingy. The ch- is it a church? Is it the Vatican? Yeah, when it? she's in the habit and she's fidgeting with yeah. it, she's never <laughs> one yeah. before. And they're like, Stop fidgeting and she's like, Sorry, bad habit. Uh, i'm like that's such a briefing (laughs) yep it is i'm putting the picture it's not i was incorrect it i think i was incorrect it's a stripe yeah it's not yeah it's yeah it's a striped button down oh whatever it is and look how happy she is i just wish her hair was not cut i want to talk about that though the the party scene yeah. So there's there's this scene of them dancing as the one we're talking about in the party, but there's also like stills of like basically before. So <laughs> keep in mind that Beatrice is on a journey to accepting herself. And I think they're using clothing and the habit, or at least the hair cover like a, it's almost like a hijab kind of thing the the hair covering that they they keep doing with the the, mm-hmm. the nuns because it's a religious thing to show beatrice's journey basically to self-acceptance i think um and so before they're dancing there's a still of basically like beatrice and ava they're close together ava's like arm is slung around like Beatrice's neck and like Ava seems happy Beatrice looks petrified and it seems like they're at a party and I assume she's never been to a party ever aside from like things at boarding school whatever that means and it's significant that like there's nothing covering her hair which we rarely see with Beatrice and she's got a sweater on that's covering her so she's covered so it's like symbolizing armor emotional armor she's like I'm scared I I'm scared I'm hiding basically is what this is so uh, and then in this scene where they're dancing the sweater's gone so i assume ava is the one that calms her down she's like hey have fun live a little kind of thing and like gets her to remove the sweater which is like opening up emotionally 
and freeing herself, not hiding. And so like in the scenes where they're dancing, like Beatrice's hair is also not in the bun like it was in the prior scene to this. It's free and flowing, which we've never seen ever. So I think this is like, again, Beatrice, like just letting go and being herself, like being free, like in the story about Sister Melanie, I'm unbound, like I'm finally me. That's the scene. So I love it. So I think Beatrice is going to have definitely a personal journey in season two. That's her accepting herself and like being free and being not just a sister nun, which is she's just been her title this whole time, but Beatrice being Beatrice and figuring out who that is. And I think that's what these scenes are showing, which is really cool. Absolutely. And I think you're spot on about the hair and clothes. Especially, it looks like Ava's trying to get Beatrice to dance and to loosen up. And that's kind of her I don't want to say function, but her She's facilitating, like, she's there to support her. She's like, you're obviously, you kind of want to, I can tell you kind of want to do this, but you're scared. I'm here with you, like, be with me, and, like, I'll be with you. Like, you're not by yourself. Like, you're you're not alone. It's, like, basically the the wall scene, but in a part, like, this is what Beatrice is afraid of, being herself, whereas uh, Ava was afraid of being alone. So she's, like, got her through the wall by saying, like, hey, I'm not going to leave you. And so, like, that's what this scene is, where Ava's like, hey, like, I'm with you. Like, you're not alone. Like. It's okay to be you. Yep. Yeah. So I think be, be, that's what's happening with Beatrice. And unfortunately, there's another man. So <laughs> for Ava. So I don't like that. But <laughs> I'm hoping that's not real. And the whole you're jealous thing in the trailer. I'm like, where is that coming from? <laughs> I know. Is it before or after this dancing scene? People are like, are they queer baiting? I'm hoping they're het baiting by showing us yeah. this dude, That's and they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it feels like het baiting. It's het baiting, right? That's what I'm hoping because again, this was the plot in season one, and I feel like they're not about to repeat plot lines. And I think season two is going to be more about Beatrice processing shit, and Ava can see right through her, so she's like, mm-hmm, "Yeah, girl, you're jealous," and because like Beatrice genuinely like in that scene where they're having that exchange, like doesn't really understand. She's like, "What are you talking about?" So I think this is like part of Beatrice's journey kind of thing. I yeah. think they're debating. I think things things will happen with them emotionally. Who knows how far they'll take it, but either way, I think we will get Beatrice being more queer or coming into her queer identity, which will be more explicit in this season based on what we've seen so far. This is big gay energy word of the day. <laughs> we're, we're just I just people. love the themes of our episodes. Like they just develop randomly. Yeah, they're organic. That's where like Hydrate that. for Lesbian Jesus came from. It's all organic. <laughs> so we're any more things about Jesus juice? Any Not more processed. things about this show? No GMOs included. No, I think <laughs> your prediction is my prediction and I hope they come true. Otherwise, I'll cry i don't want to watch a whole season and then just be disappointed especially if they're not going to give us mary and you know just come on be 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 kind to the gays everybody do crime come on yeah i have a prediction for the dance scene what's that do it okay camilla they gave camilla a shot and then (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm hoping she's there too. <laughs> and then Ava takes Beatrice away to dance. And then Camilla picks up what she thinks is water and just downs it. But then it's actually another glass of vodka. So now while they're dancing in the middle of the floor, Camilla's over by the corner just dancing and she thinks like the corner's a person and yeah, she's just in her own world and she's just having the best time of her life in the corner. And then to piggyback off that, so like then they start getting super close, but then Camilla knocks something over and then they have to like babysit her and that like breaks them apart. (laughs) They're like, damn that it. is such well, a damn downer, Theora. Hey, she's like, damn it! I almost no. got to kiss her. Crying and then alternately, <laughs> Just she kidding. could knock into Beatrice and push them closer together. Oh, and make their lips touch, and they'd be like, oh no, I didn't mean to do that at all. No, you want to go do that again? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> redo. <laughs> if only we could write the the season. <laughs> or Lilith is also there and then she's like listen I got this one and she takes the drug one away and lets Ava and Beatrice do their yeah. thing no no she comes in later with Mary Lilith's like I'll go get the drunk one Mary you knock some sense into them and literally, Mary, just, literally, <laughs> Mary just like takes both of their heads like you guys open your eyes okay now close them and then put them in <laughs> That and then Mother, Su- Mother, version Superior- of matchmaking. Mother Superior's in the background like, God, these damn kids. <laughs> <laughs> She's drinking her own, like, whiskey. Like, yeah, we're all gay. I yeah. see Mother Superior as a dry martini kind of woman. I can see that, too. It's either, like, that expensive-ass, like, what is it, scotch? No, or, she, like- she comes into the party being like, oh, what are these options? This is bullshit. And just like, I'll just take one of everything. <laughs> It's like I'm gonna need. I've been dealing with these kids way too long. Right? She's over in the over at one of the tables drinking Skittles vodka. Then every once in a while, she just glances over at Camilla. Like, yep, she's still with the corner. She's fine. She's fine. She's not going anywhere. She's (laughs) she's not. She's not dangerous. She's talking to the wall. It's fine. It's fine. She's smiling. (laughs) No, (laughs) it's like they just put like pillows around her so she doesn't. So she thinks it's like barriers and she can't move. And she's just what is she a Roomba? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you'd be nice to your Roombas. I was gonna say the salt, and then she thinks that she's like a witch or something. Now you've created a crossover and we're in I'm really good at that. Yeah, Kayla right. wants her warrior on crossovers. Alright, listen. If any of that comes true, you heard it here wow. first. You heard it first, yeah. <laughs> we told you so. <laughs> Thank you for taking this absolute Ooh. ride at the end Ooh. with us. And we hope that Warrior Nun Season 2 really gives us something to be queerly happy about. Yes. Um, and we will catch you guys next time. Yes. Uh, hydrate for Lesbian Jesus and get ready for Warrior Nun Season 2, everyone. They're going to gay it up all over the place. Here, here's fr- from our mouths to Lesbian Jesus's ears. Correct. Mm. Manifest it. Bye. That's a good show. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. 
If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. Uh, please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out. Yes. And please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things. Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod, Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus. <laughs>